Getting sober was not the problem. Staying sober was the problem. And that problem was me because I was unwilling to give up control. Alcoholics Anonymous did not fail me. I failed Alcoholics Anonymous. The fact is, is I picked up the drink with all the blueprints in front of me, four brothers, a father that had alcohol problems, and I swore I would never do it and still picked up. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this podcast, we try to bring inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. We are not affiliated with any 12-step recovery program, but you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show... Gene L. from Granby, Massachusetts. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I am doing very well. How are you this morning? Oh, never better. Once again, we're here in the studio. Who are we gonna Who are we gonna talk to today? Well, I'm excited today uh, to uh, have Gene L. in the studio with us today from Granby, Massachusetts, and he is a member. We are both uh, landed ourselves in the same new kind of home away from home group because of zoom. So, uh, we're not anywhere near each other, but we, we end up in the same place together on a regular basis. So I'm glad he's here today to share his experience, strength, and hope around surrendering self-will. Well, Gene, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate what y'all are doing. Thank you. So Gene, um, maybe introduce yourself to the audience. Yes. Uh, my name's Gene L. Um, I came into rooms and when I was 22, but my sobriety date is July 7th, 2017. Mm-hmm. It took a while. And I'm mm-hmm. um, a Navy man of 21 years. I live in Granby, Massachusetts now. Uh, that's where I was originally from, Springfield. And uh, I came back to... Well, terrific. We start the show in the same way every day. We ask the guest to read the Daily Reflection for today, March 9th. Would you help us get started? Absolutely. Thank you. March 9th, surrendering self-will, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 34. No matter how much one wishes to try, exactly how can one turn his own will and his own life over to the care of whatever God he thinks there is? In my search for the answer to this question, I became aware of the wisdom with which it was written, that this is a two-part step. I could see many times where I should have died, or at least been injured, during my previous style of living, and it never happened. Someone or something was looking after me. I choose to believe my life has always been in God's care. He alone controls the number of days I will be granted until physical death. The matter of will. Self-will or God's will is the more difficult part of the step for me. It is only when I have experienced enough emotional pain through failed attempts to fix myself that I become willing to surrender to God's will for my life. Surrender is like the calm after the storm. When my will is in line with God's will for me, there is peace within. That's a beautiful reading. What resonates with you right off the bat? Well, I think that, you know, um, as I've been, I've said, I I came to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous when I was 22 and many attempts at trying to stay sober 
Getting sober was not the problem. Staying sober was the problem. And that problem was me because I was unwilling to give up control, anyone or anything. And until I was willing to do that, which meant I had to do the work, that, that's what gave me the willingness. See, when I'd come in, I, I, I didn't want nothing to do with a sponsor. I didn't want nothing to do with going to a meeting every day. I didn't relate in. I related out. And, and I did that for a long time. And I got to a point in my, my, my drinking that I, I related out at so many different levels. At first it was, well, I haven't lost my wife. Well, scratch that one. That happened. You know, well, you know, I haven't lost a job. No, I would quit before they fired. You know, um, people saw that I had a problem in alcoholism. I was in the Navy for 21 years. And when I first joined the Navy, alcohol was promoted. You know, it was, it was a part of our way of life, or at least I perceived it to be a part of my life, a way of life. And the fact is, is the Navy sent me to rehab three times, which is not something that they normally do. It's usually the third strike you're out. So that's my first play into what this reading tells me is God was watching out for me when I wasn't watching out for myself because I'm at the age of that of retirement today. And if the Navy had done what they normally do, which is to have kicked me out, I wouldn't have gotten my pension. And I have a Navy pension today. That was not something I was looking at when I was drinking for 21 years off and on. Did I look at it that way? No. They did this to me. They let me drink and it was okay. And then they said it wasn't okay. And I didn't like that, you know, and uh, no alcoholic likes to be told they're an alcoholic, you know, and uh, I was told early on, I got out of boot camp and I'll never forget this day, the chief that was ahead of our squadron, we were getting on the bus to go to our duty stations, our first duty stations, and he'd only seen me drinking for three days. And his words to me when I got on the bus, he said, Gene. You're a hell of a sailor, but alcohol is going to be a problem. And imagine that. I still remember that when I was 19 years old. And, oh, he was so right. And, and the reason that I share that I failed in Alcoholics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous did not fail me. I failed Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think that's what I have to remember because I blamed everything on others. Well, if you had this happen when you were a child, you would have this problem. You know, the fact is, is I picked up the drink with all the blueprints in front of me, four brothers, a father that had alcohol problems, and I swore I would never do it. I had all the blueprints in front of me and still picked up, you know, mm. and why I did that, I really don't have a good answer. You know, it was the thing to do. You know, Gene, you mentioned you failed in Alcoholics Anonymous. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? I failed to do the work. Uh, you know, I came into the rooms just wanting to. And, and this is the thing I, I, I will say. Whenever I wanted to get cleaned up, I knew where to go. And God gave me that opportunity because that's not a guarantee when you go back out. 
you know, there is no guarantee you're going to walk back in the room. So I don't suggest it as a, as a way to clean up. No, you know, and, and the reason I share is that I came in the rooms when I was 22 years old and I got a little over three and a half years now. The reason I share that is that we have a lot of young people coming into the rooms today. And if they just listen to the stories, they don't have to suffer as much as I did, you know. They don't have to go through all those bottoms. And, and, and I use bottoms loosely because I don't believe you hit your bottom from a material standpoint. I believe you hit your bottom when you lose your soul. And until their black hole that everybody experiences that comes into Alcoholics Anonymous, until that black hole hits, you maybe didn't hit your bottom, you know? I mean, I had a five-bedroom house on two and a half acres in Virginia. You know, I had it all. I had the two SUVs. I had a six-figure job. I quit. Because the day after they had sent, they also sent me to rehab. The day after, I drank and I knew I was going to get fired. I quit a six figure job and I ended up homeless for six years. You don't have to go that far. I did it. It doesn't get better. Every time I went out, it got worse. You know, and God, I never looked at this as a two-step scenario, you know, turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. My first sponsor, every time I would call him and wah, 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 he'd go, Gene, you need to go back to step three. He would always send me back to step three because I was trying to take control again. They weren't doing it the way I wanted them to do it. I remember going to a meeting and calling him and said, oh my God, this meeting sucks. I'd moved. He goes, what do you mean? I said, oh, they have moments of silence. It's crazy. They're doing it all wrong. And he said to me, he said, Gene, how long has the meeting been going on? I said, oh, I, I think about 11, 12 years. He said, they managed to do that without you. What a miracle. Put me right in my place, you know, and, and that's that's how I I go back out. I would do things like that, you know. And the reason I say that I never thought about it as being a two step program is number one is the first part of the step. I should never be here today. I mean, I was going my my drinking was was all day affairs. And at the end, it was 24-7 in a room with the blinds down. My world had gotten to zero. My world had gotten to zero. But I was going to umpire a Little League baseball game, and my car went off the road, and I ended up being medevaced out in a coma for 24 hours. I was going to umpire a Little League baseball game with a blood alcohol level of 0.28. And the police never followed up because I don't think they thought I was going to live. And I have no explanation for that. You know, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. 
and I firmly believe that. And I believe I don't know what his purpose is. I probably never will. What I do know, he's given me the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope in the rooms in the hopes that people don't have to go to the level I went, to eating out of a dipsy dumpster after making a six-figure salary. That's where I went. It's not everywhere. Not everybody has to go there to get that black hole. That's where I ended up to get the black hole, you know, and, and until I was willing to come in and give up that control. And I have a story about giving up that control that, that come, came to mind and, and my, and it was my last slip. My significant other had a life threatening illness. She's on oxygen today, 24 seven. And we were in the hospital and I had been drinking, you know, the day before, uh, not the day before, but when she went in, it, it, I couldn't, I didn't deal with it. I didn't call anybody. I didn't use all the tools that I've been given. You know, I, I, that phone is still a hundred pound rock. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't fix her. I couldn't fix her. No, I got to be able to do something. I talked to the doctors. I talked to the nurses. And I, I was sitting in her room, and we were by ourselves, and she wasn't conscious. And I really didn't think she was going to make it. And I literally sat there in that room, and I grabbed her hand. And I said, okay, God, I give up. I can't do anything. And I said to our father out loud. And I went home. I didn't know what was going to happen. And the next day I walked into the hospital and she was up eating breakfast. And the doctors and the nurses to this day still cannot explain what happened that night. Now, you can choose to call that a miracle or not. It's my miracle. It's my miracle. And that's the God I have today. It's mine. I'll share it with you if you need for me to share it with you. But that's my miracle. That's my, that's my fiery bush. There's no coincidences. You hear it in the rooms. There's no coincidences. You know, that, that, that young person coming in the room. Uh, the biggest thing that ever helped me in Alcoholics Anonymous was walking into the rooms and someone coming up to me and shaking my hand and then remembering my name the next day. Nobody wanted to know my name. You know, nobody cared what I did when I was drinking. If I had money, they liked me. When I didn't have money, I was homeless. They didn't help me. And, and I found in Alcoholics Anonymous, if I have a problem today, there's people I can call. I have a phone full of names and phone numbers. And for the most part, 
any one of them I could call and they'd be there if I needed them. You know, uh, I almost had, I did have a panic attack when the pandemic hit. I said, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going to drink. That's what I said. I'm going to drink because I was scared. Because the core foundation of my program, along with a sponsor, is going to a meeting on a regular basis. I didn't think it through that maybe they would come up with a way to have meetings. And what a venue that's opened. What a venue. I would never have met Lee. My God, I never met you. I've spoken in New York City. I, I didn't think I had a story to tell for a long time. And the group I got sober in, they recently celebrated their 38-year anniversary. And I was asked to speak. And I said, no, you made a mistake. I, I said, I had a slip. And they go, Gene, you got a message. And that's the thing I want to point out. Everybody in the room has a message. If you come in and you got 24 hours, you got a message. I got to hear it. I want to make sure that they're still putting warm chicken in the dipsy dumpster at four o'clock at the chicken place. It's still that bad. I don't want to go visit that anymore. I don't need to. I don't have to. But I still have that choice. And I don't make that choice. And I have a better shot of staying sober for 24 hours. When I go to a meeting, when I call my sponsor, I sponsor people. I try to help in any way I can. I used to go to the jails. When I go to do a commitment in the jail today, they let me out. And that, that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty cool. And, and in the process, I, I've worked with someone for eight years. That I, That's how I met them. That's what gives me the strength to share my experience, strength, and hope. Because maybe, maybe I'll make a difference. But I end all my stories the same way. If you got anything that helps to keep you sober today, I'm glad I shared. But if not, I promise you one thing. You helped keep me sober today. And that's the amazing part of this program. Truly you share the experience, strength, and hope for the sole purpose of you staying sober. But anyway, I, I, I just, you know, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a journey for me. I mean, I know AA. I know it works. It's the only thing that works for me. If I put in the time and the effort, I'm here doing this. Could I be doing something else? Maybe. And when I was drinking, I certainly would have found something better to do. <laughs> you know? And this? But, <laughs> you know what? This is the best medicine in the world for this alcoholic. And it, and it amazes me, you know, to this day, how giving it away means so much. And I didn't really think much about step three being a two-part step. But being given the opportunity to live the life I have, Although I've had problems and I didn't work the program the way it was designed, it allowed me to come back. The God I understand and know today allowed me longevity, come back, put some time under my belt, 
and share my experience, strength, and hope. And I just want to throw in one other thing. You know, I've had two sponsors, both. Well, I have three. I'm, I'm my third sponsor. The first two passed away from heart heart attacks. It was kind of funny because I asked my third sponsor, I said, are you really sure you want to do this? I said, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my second sponsor, uh, when he passed, I'll never forget, I went over his house first time, and his wife said, oh, please don't let him wander around the house. She was on speakerphone. She didn't know I could hear it. I go to him afterwards. I said, what am I, a dog? You know. <laughs> and uh, But when he passed, she called me, and I went to the hospital, and I was present, and she asked me to hold her hands. And I was invited to the dinner the night before the eulogy with his family. And that's the first time I had gone through death without a drink, and that's God. And as they say, as my sponsor always said to me, he said, Gene, you're allowed to make all the plans you want. Don't predict the outcome. You're not God. And when I start thinking I'm God, I need to go back to step three. And that's where it all begins. That's where the work begins, because the next step is four and five. If you haven't got a higher power, you're in trouble. You know, that's been my experience, because I sure as heck didn't want to do step four and five. So I, I never got there. That's the other thing. You got to work the steps. You got to have a sponsor. You got to have a home group. And everybody thinks their home group is the best in the world. This is the best AA group there is. And if you don't feel that way, you need to find another home group. Because that's how you should feel about those people in that room. Because they're going to love you until you can love yourself. And I was unable to love myself. You know, That's why I said I sometimes turn down, you know, did a great job in the Navy. I turned down officer because I knew my drinking would get me in trouble. I had a great job. I quit because I knew drinking would get me in trouble. Well, now I have to do the things that I know that are going to keep me sober. And that's done through this, sharing my experience, strength, and hope. And going to a meeting this morning and going to a meeting tonight to listen to other people share their experience, strength, and hope. And as I said, I hope that something I said was good today and helped somebody. And if not, you help me stay sober for today. Well, I don't think we have to worry about finding the good stuff. There's plenty of that in what you said today. I want to thank you. It's just amazing to hear your story. Yeah, you. I um, agree 100%. I've, I've heard part of your story. I didn't hear as much of it as I heard this morning, and I... I'm just so grateful to have had the opportunity to hear it because you definitely have helped me. And just to sort of bring it back to the reflection for a minute, um, the matter, it says here at the bottom, the last paragraph, the matter of will, self-will or God's will is the most difficult part of the step for me. It is only when I've experienced enough emotional pain through failed attempts to fix myself that I become willing to surrender to God's will for my life. Surrender is like the calm after the storm. When my will is in line with God's will for me, there is peace within. And I hear that, and I'm wondering, what do you have to share to the newcomer who might be struggling with not wanting to surrender to the program or maybe not willing to surrender to their alcoholism about the peace that you found? I feel it's so important for the newcomers and anyone struggling to keep coming back. 
Now, I don't recommend anybody going back out. That's not what I'm saying. But if you do, get your ass back in here. We'll love you till you love yourself. That's what I have to say. So powerful. I kind of imagine the newcomer listening and, and you know, getting that inspiration. I want to thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we wrap? No, I, I really appreciated the opportunity. And thank you, Lee and Mike. So good. Thank you, Gene. I'm so glad you came. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gene. Thanks to Gene, and thanks to you, the listeners. If you want to find us online, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. And if you're listening on a podcast network that gives you the ability to provide ratings or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. It's going to help us improve the show and expand the reach. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.